Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics are talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League. We're full of chocolate coming off the Easter break and we're ready to go again with a big match tomorrow night and a, actually a lot of big matches throughout the week, Griffo. There's um there's plenty to look forward to. And we've actually got um yeah, we've got we've got some teams starting to, to, to hit their strides and uh, we'll talk about the scores from last week, but just off the uh, off the top of the show, we've got a, a few teams that are starting to show that they're serious about this competition. As we start to head into um, you know, the middle part of the year, round seven coming up this week. Yeah. Um, some of the usual suspects are up there again. Uh, and there's a handful of teams that, that we didn't expect who are, who are doing really well. Um, uh, the Dolphins, the Newcastle mm. Knights, the Warriors, they're really the three teams that have surprised me. Um, with how well they're going, I know the Warriors didn't win last week, but um, they, they, I thought they were good. Uh, they were three teams I thought would have been candidates for the bottom four positions, but uh, you know they've they've started the season really well, um, and uh, you know we've got uh, some of the cream starting to rise to the top as we uh, normally expect. Mm, and, and I'll just quickly go through those scores last week because it'll be evident in the scores uh, from last week, some of those teams that are starting to make that rise. Um, the first of those, the Melbourne Storm. I, I know we were talking about how tough a game this was to pick when they took on the Roosters. And I'll be honest with you, when I, you know, I think the Roosters scored the first try and I remember thinking to myself, oh, geez, I don't know why I picked the Storm. And they kicked on 28-8 to in the end. They ended up winning that one. Um, in other games last week, we saw South Sydney, 50 points to 16 over the Bulldogs. Uh, the Dolphins, again, winning uh, 32-22. Um, they'll be really happy with the win over the Cowboys, who we talked about in the preseason as a, uh, a genuine contender. That that might be a bit of a chat for later on, Griffo, as to whether we still feel that way. Um, but I think the team that everyone's seeing now being that cream that's rising to the top of the Penrith Panthers, 44-12. to over the Manly Seagulls, not only did they get a win, but the way in which they got that win uh, and the amount of points scored and just uh, the ease with which it seemed at times was um, was phenomenal and what we've come to, to know of the Panthers in recent years. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos lost their first game of the season. Um, they were undefeated going into this game against the Raiders and uh, Canberra went to Brisbane and got the points. So it's a great win for the Canberra Raiders and their fans will be happy with that one. Uh, the Titans in a tight one. Got the job done on Easter Sunday against the Dragons up at the Gold Coast, 20 points to 18. Newcastle Knights and the Warriors in a high-scoring affair, uh, 34-24, the Knights over the Warriors. And in a clash that always delivers, um, it was really, um, I don't want to say anyone's game, but the, the result wasn't sealed really until late on. Uh, the Parramatta Eels and West Tigers 
Um, on Easter Monday, which has become a traditional clash, uh, saw the Eels win 28-22. And we know the Sharks had the bye last week. Um, so coming off that, Griffo, we might as well... I'm going to head straight into it and see out of all of those games last week, um, what was your highlight? I want to hit up uh, Griffo's grab and see what you've got for us this week. Well, uh, that's, this is an early... An it's early, early grab. grab. Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say before, uh, with the first intro to the show, I know we hear it every week, but I love it. Um, thanks to Michael. Um, <laughs> shout out down in Melbourne. Big fan. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of his. Don't um, be fooled. He's not a Melbourne fan and not a Storm fan. He's a, he's a no, Panther. He's a Panthers fan. Oh, yeah, yeah he's a bright, bright lad. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so bright, his father calls him son. My grab uh, was on Monday. Um, mm. Now, you mentioned a traditional clash um, on Easter Monday, the, the Tigers and the Eels. Well, for me, it's a bit of a tradition to watch that clash from the pub in Ulladulla. Um, I forget the name of it. it. might be the Marlin Hotel or something like that. Okay. Um, so I was down there last year and, and, uh, and saw the field goal from Jackson Hastings. Um, down there again uh, this year watching that game um, and I was really impressed uh, uh, the Tigers uh, you know they, they've they not been good this year but I thought credit to them this week um, I thought they were they were quite good they, they, they probably dominated the game but um, my grab comes from a player Wearing blue and gold and number seven, Mitchell Moses. Mm. Um, There were some fantastic performances last weekend. Um, But I thought Moses, he won the game for the Tigers, really. They scored, sorry, defeated the Tigers, representing the Parramatta Eels, of course. uh, He could have been representing the Tigers. He's originally Mm. a Tigers player and they wanted him. I think he's, yeah. Look, he's he's still the challenge for Mitch Moses is is to be able to do that week in week out. But uh, I just think uh, when he's on, he's as good as any number seven going around. Uh, they scored four tries. The Eels, all of them, were as a result of the creation of Mitchell Moses. Four try yeah. assists, um, and and in the end, it really it was. Uh, it was his goal kicking that was was the difference between the two teams. Uh, um, so, yeah, he had the ball on the string. The first three were from from kicks through precision. Um, Para, you know, to their credit, they, they spent very little time on the West Tigers uh, line, but almost every time they got there, they come up with six points. Whereas Especially the Tigers, that first half. Yeah, it that was, was the Tigers yeah. were just camped yeah. down on the on the Parramatta try line, but never really looked like they were going to score. And their only try in the first half came from, uh, you know, I, I guess you could say Mitch Moses had a bit of a try assist there as well. <laughs> I was, was going to um, say that. I was going to bring that up. Assist. I was going to bring that up because I think the um, his game best is four try assists. This is the third time he'd done it. 
and uh, and uh, you know yeah I was having a a bit of a laugh you know we're, we're watching the game my wife was here over and said to us said the poor bugger's been ripped off on because he set up a try for the Tigers it as is. well they should give him the rec- give him his uh, record but yeah, I mean yeah, they phenomenal. wanted to pay him something like one point three a year or something. <laughs> 1.4, whatever it was, over four or five years. Um, so I guess he felt he, he, he owed them something. So a somewhat errant pass that was scooped up by, uh, I think it was Kapoa. Um, and yeah, that was the only time yeah, well, they really quite scoring in the first half. But to their credit, the West Tigers, I, I thought their second half was really good. Um, it was unfortunate that... Uh, they they lost the goal kicker Du Leahy, because mm. um, you know I think it was uh, the scores were twenty four twenty two maybe. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Appy's kick would have if he got it. Yeah, it would have leveled. But it, Appy yeah. was never going to kick that goal. Mm. Like Appy's not a goal it's, kicker. It's an interesting choice too, because I know that then they took the the two points um, later on in the game from yeah, Brooks from distance, and Brooks took that. And he, his kick was beautiful. Like, why didn't he take the, the one from the sideline? Mm. I, I don't know. I, I, I was thinking I, about I'm that not... today. Like, yeah, um, interesting choice. I don't know. I don't know. But obviously, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as we saw, you know, what what was, I think it was maybe twenty four, twenty, whatever it was, and then, um, then Paris scored again. Well, no, it just took him out of the contest. Charlie yeah. Staines, who had a really good game. Arguably the Tigers' best player, um, mm. until a crucial moment where he he dropped the uh, dropout, um, yeah, and that was that was it. Basically, the Tigers couldn't win from there. But look, you know their supporters would be disappointed they didn't win the game. But I think, well, you know, at least they had a dig. They actually yeah. sold something in the second half with ball in hand, which. They couldn't do in the first half, and and really haven't done all year. But they they troubled Parramatta in in the second half. Their outside backs, they've got Junior, potential. Junior Tupu, I I thought he had some really was, strong yeah, runs. He, he, he's, he's a, he's a well. The problem yeah. is that they've defensively, True. They, they just don't yeah, seem the to understand the game. I mean, the, the, the coaches have got. I mean, they've got enough coaches there. We got coached these guys to be able to defend, um, and they just got a, just a crucial moment. They find a mistake like Kapoa, Staines, uh, Tupo. You mentioned they all had good games overall, but each came up with a crucial error. Um, yeah, so there's potential there. They've got a strong forward pack. They're going to pick up two points this week, um, <laughs> and. Uh, you sure? you know, I'm just just looking at the, the I know that's the young draw. I know that's the young going joke. The the, actually, uh, the, claw, the clawless tiger there. Goodbye <coughs> sign. I actually so, I, I had to laugh today. Um, uh, listener of the show, gotta give him credit. Um, my brother Justin, he sent a, a meme today. I thought it was quite funny. It was a, he's a bit of a meme specialist, isn't he? he? He loves it. He sent us one today. Um, it was a sports bet um, odds, and it had the West Tigers versus the buy. And in the meme, it had the Tigers paying two fifty and the buy paying a dollar ninety. That was that was a good one, and that's the odd go joke. And even Tim Sheen's had a joke about it, saying, you know, hopefully we beat the buy, 
Yeah. And you mentioned they've got a lot of coaches there and they've got to work on things. One thing, I, I, I'm not sure if you noticed this, Griffo, I, I noticed during the, um, the coverage, usually you'll have, you know, possibly a coach with the walkie-talkie or yep. the headset. Um, don't know if you noticed that Benji Marshall was on the headset this week with Sheen I sitting on behind. Um, uh, look, I, I want to talk because we, yeah, for want of a better term, we dump a lot of shit on the Tigers because they do struggle. But I, I want to talk about some shining lights here. I mean, obviously, they, they lift for that game against Parramatta on Easter Monday. We know that historically. Um, I, I, look, I don't think having one coach on the headset for that 80 minutes is going to make a big difference uh, in a sense to what they're doing in the week leading up. But I, I think it shows us where they're heading and the fact that it is, a, it is, in fact, a transition and an apprenticeship. And... We'll talk a bit about a, um, you know, the master and the apprentice and Thursday night football a bit later on for this week, but for the Tigers, I want to talk about some shining lights, um, which is in a very dark room. I know that, but Benji Marshall, I think, um, from what we hear, seems to be a lot of positive. Like I think the players relate to him. Um, he's had a lot to do with the club previously. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on the likes of, say, Benji Marshall. And even, you know, we mentioned Api Korosau. I mean, he's a really high-quality player in a team that's struggling each week. Um, you know, obviously trying to do sometimes the work of three blokes. Uh, just just, just wanted to see if you've got any, you know, any positives that the, the Tigers can take out of this performance because they, you know, I know they weren't too far off. But, yeah, just, just see if there's any positives that you saw in the Tigers in the weekend? I think the positive is that um, they were a long way down, but they fought back. And they, they fought back with some really good attacking plays in, in the second half. And all year, they've really struggled to score um, on the opposition's try line. I, I think back to the game against the Newcastle Knights, who were quite depleted with injury, but the Tigers just could not get across the line until there was a double movement from big Stefano, um, which the referee somehow, or the video ref called a try. It's been a struggle for him in attack. And I think that's coming together. They've got the players there to be able to score tries. Um, Bateman's starting to look good. Uh, Appy looked good the other the other day. Um, talked about the outside backs. They've got potential. Um, I really do think, you know, that they've got defensive issues. But um, obviously, I was going to say Coach Marshall slash Coach Shane slash Coach Farrah see something in, in the guys they're putting in there because Norfoluma has been left out um, and he's on decent uh, cash. He can't get a start. Um, uh, I don't know if he's being picked this week. We'll look at the teams later, but, you know, they... they uh, this week. Oh, well, he hasn't been picked. Um, so, I, I, I think... It was a step forward last week, a step forward. Um, and they could see, okay, we, we've, we've put in, we were down by quite a bit, but, you know, it could have got ugly. 
I, w- I was thinking it was it was going to be a, a big score for the likes of yourself, Graham, who had back the eels. Mm, I did actually, Joker. Um, uh, I thought, man, it's going to be uh, you know thirty, forty plus um, eels, but Tigers, to their credit, they hung in there. Um, they dominated possession, but couldn't score basically in the first half. But in the second half, we started to see some positive play. And I think that's what their fans take out of it, that the Parramatta Eels are a good side. Um, and uh, I certainly thought they were going to go on and, and win big, but uh, Tigers almost got there. You know, It'd be interesting if, if they had been able to kick that uh, goal to Levitt up, um, what might have happened. Obviously, ifs don't count, but... Mm. Uh, they they put themselves in a position to win the game, which it didn't look like was going to be the case for most of the game. So positive there, Tigers supporters. Definitely. And you talked about Mitchell Moses in your grab, and uh, I'll tell you what, he had some, as you said, he had some um, some stiff competition in regards to who would get uh, Griffo's grab this week. I'd imagine after um, Saturday night, after the the Penrith Panthers game, um, you may have had penciled in uh, Dylan Edwards' performance uh, for the Panthers. Um, Graham, we didn't discuss this, but I absolutely had it penciled in Dylan Edwards. Um, Four tries. um, uh, There's a lot to talk about here, and I want to talk... Let's talk talk Panthers coming out of this win over Manly. Um, Not only the fact that Edwards scored four tries, let's talk about the fact that Penrith have probably had... Their best win of the season, um, definitely, you know, with points wise, putting on forty four points. A couple of things I want to ask you about here, and I know that you know you'll you'll be able to cover this quite closely because you are, um, you know, keeping an eye on the Panthers as as one of their supporters. Dylan Edwards' performance phenomenal. The Penrith performance phenomenal overall, um, and I'm also curious to get your thoughts on Dylan Edwards as a potential New South Wales Blue. I know there's a lot to dissect there, but I'm sure you'll cover it. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I believe that if Teddy is injured, that he should be number one for New South Wales. Yep. Um, but only if Teddy's injured. You know, Turbo and Latrell, they're much bigger names than, than Dylan Edwards. But for mine, Latrell in the representative teams is a centre. Mm. It's the best centre there is. Um, we've seen him do it for the Blues. We've seen it do it for the Kangaroos. Uh, he At representative level, he's in the 304. Turbo, likewise, in the past... Um, has been devastating in, in, in the centres. Um, if I was picking the team this weekend, I wouldn't have Turbo in there. He's, he's not fit. And he's not... I don't On form, he doesn't deserve to be there. But, you know, the team's not picked for a little while yet, so he's got a chance to uh, to show his... You know, wh- where he's at. I mean, he's, he's class. Um, Teddy is... Uh, is still the man. He's the captain of the Blues. Um, but 
if he was injured, I would go to Edwards, uh, and uh, and those other guys would be remaining in the centers. Um, there's been a spanner, uh, I guess, thrown in to uh, the blue selection. Um, Josh Adokar, who was, I guess, controversially left out last year. Um, he, unfortunately, uh, Cindy has, uh, has reared her ugly head. She's uh, the worst Cindy's. of the Brady Bunch, isn't she? She is, yeah. <laughs> you know, she always had the problems. Um, she had the speech impediment and whatnot, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, she's, she's raised her head, Cindy's Moses. Um, it's, it's tragic for, uh, Adol Carr, oh, um, yeah. because, uh, he missed last year's series. He came back and I don't think he was player of the tournament officially. I think Joey Manu was the player of the tournament in the World Cup. But um, for mine, uh, I think Josh Adokar, who went on to play in the final, um, which Joey Manu didn't. Mm. Uh, I thought he was he was the best there was. Definitely um, the best kangaroo, even if you... Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. Okay. yeah. So it would have would have been interesting because um, like he was overlooked last year controversially, and I don't think he was in good form last year. But but he's in good form. Well, he was in good form till he got injured. It's a um, and some of the luck. some of the things he'd done with with Matt Burton. Um, you know, we saw the grab. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I would have. I would have liked to see Josh Adokar on the wing. We still may see him in uh, maybe game two or three, but he's definitely yep. out of game one. He's had the operation. You mentioned, um, and and this is one I want to throw to you before we get too far into the injuries and um, too far away from the Dylan Edwards talk and and Penrith. Dylan Edwards, um, yeah, phenomenal form. We've we've talked a lot about if Teddy's not there, um, I think, you know, I definitely, I mean, definitely, if if Teddy's not there, um, Dylan Edwards is the New South Wales Blues number one. I think also, you know, given the fact that Latrell and and Turbo uh, will, will play in the centres, let's go the other hypothetical. Let's let's cross our fingers and uh, hope for the best as Blues fans that our captain's there. Dylan Edwards, I feel, will be in the squad, but whether he has a spot in the seventeen, I'm I'm not sure of. There, would you would you agree with that? That the only way he gets into the seventeen is is Teddy being unavailable. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. he can't play anywhere else. I mean, he could play on the wing, but we saw he's last not, year. Mal, he's not a number Mal, fourteen utility either. No, like just for people no. wondering, you know, just yeah. to get it back in there. Mal didn't pick him, even though he, he acknowledged what a great, uh, great performer he was. Um, yep. He didn't make his way into that Kangaroos team. And there were calls for him to be there. But understandably, when you've got Teddy there and you've got other options. It's like, the versatility uh, of the other players like your Latrell and Turbo and so yeah. on and so forth, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. They can play centre yeah. fullback. If there's an injury, they're yeah. slotting into fullback. Even yeah, a bloke they had, like they had um, other guys and Val Holmes there. They they have yeah. the trail. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it wasn't, you know, if Teddy did go down, you had other fullbacks 
who who can play multiple positions, which Dylan Edwards, well, he you know he's he's, he's only ever played fullback, and he's had a couple of games on the wing, um, never played anywhere else. So you you couldn't use him anywhere other than number one, really. So um, so him not getting picked. What what fans need to also understand, um, and we can help him out here because I know. A lot of people will be on. Hang on, he's been playing great. He's one of the best players in the league, and arguably, you know, in the top couple of players in the league. It's about that position and having James Tedesco, who is the best player in the world, ahead of you. If fit, the captain. Um, it's a very difficult position to break into, and it's more the versatility rather than the talent. So if Dylan Edwards isn't in the seventeen. I don't think fans should take that as a knock on Dylan Edwards and his... Oh, and I don't think he would either, no. Grant. No, I think he gets it. But I, I just think for the casual fan, I think they, they might need a bit of help understanding it because it's not always, let's pick the best 17 and make it fit. Um, and, and I think you make a good point there with um, his versatility. And, and, and do you know what? Part of what makes him that good at fullback could be that lack of versatility. I wouldn't take the lack of versatility as a knock. I think he is just so phenomenally talented and specialized in that fullback role that you wouldn't have him anywhere else. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's no. like a Nathan Cleary, as good as he is. Um, I wouldn't play him in the centers. I mean, he'd probably kill it. You know, that wasn't a great example, but you know what I mean? He's a halfback and he's wearing yeah. the number seven in a team that he's in. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think he's phenomenal. I actually think he's, I'm calling it now. He's my bolter for Daly M. I'm, yeah, it's a possibility. He started I well. He's a fair crack. I think one of the things against involved. that, yeah, look, he, he he's outstanding. But one of the things is he's playing in a team where other guys they still point points off each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 that might be less of a thing now that they've gone to the six points per game. But the double judge. Uh, yeah. But the reality is, his teammates value him, his coach values him, the supporters value him, and and this is a guy who he had one of the worst games, and one of those like one guy that gets from the past that gets brought up is Steve Maven from the, <laughs> yeah. the Rabbitohs. Back, yeah. you know, I think it could have been back in the eighties or nineties where he had. It was 89. Shocker in, Finals uh, in 89. Semi final at the SCG. Yeah. And he watched the second half from yeah, home. <laughs> he was at home, but they took yeah. him. They hooked him. They reckon yeah. he was home in time to watch the second well, half. Well, Dylan Edwards had a similar type of game at Bathurst against the Storm probably four or five years ago now. And, and you probably thought of that, like his confidence was shattered. Uh, he, he ended up in. I think he ended up in reserve grade. And then he came back into first grade on the wing after a few weeks. Um, and I think maybe DWZ took the number one jersey. Um, yeah, so his career was right at the crossroads. Um, and, it, you know, he, he could have been gone, like never sort of seen again. Mm. Um, but the determination... Uh, to work on his game, and and he, he does sometimes make a mistake, but it's very rare now. Uh, there was a couple of weeks ago, I know he dropped the ball, 
um, that led to a try for a team. But but they they're like you get one every four games or so from him. Like he makes yeah. few errors. Just we, we talked. You know, if we're having this conversation, say three or four years ago, oh, you know, he's a safe player, he's a good player, um, and now you know he's he's uh, he's up there with the elite. Mm. Um, he and just works at his game, and he's he's on top of it. And and that maturity in his game too, because I, I think, um, like you said, and it really highlights given the fact that you've given that example from about five years ago. He's 27 years old. I don't know if a lot of the casual fans actually understand how long he's been a part of this squad. And there was also some talk, um, just before we finish off on Dylan Edwards and Penrith here, because I want to actually talk a bit more about uh, State of Origin and some of the injuries that happened this week, you know, namely Ado Carr and so on and so forth. Um, there, there has been some talk about the possibility of Either Dylan Edwards or Jerome Luai, that's probably the best way to describe it. With with the salary cap, with their contracts coming up in a you know, in the next couple of years, I'd have to double check how long Edwards is, is down for. But there there was some talk in the media today about Penrith basically being in a situation where on the open market, Dylan Edwards could be a million dollar player, Jerome Luai could be a million dollar player, um, unless they want to take unders take pay cuts. If they're wanting to take their worth on the open market, it would be very difficult for Penrith to keep both of them. Um, and, and I thought it was very interesting. I saw um, uh, one one reporter on a media outlet say, if I had to choose between the two, I'd choose Dylan Edwards. Um, and, and I thought that was very interesting given, you know, just how important Jerome Luai is and his age and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, that, that's all, I suppose, speculation and hearsay. Uh, in regards to that one, well, I don't know if you got a comment on that, Griffo. I yeah, I, I um, that that conversation came up on a on Triple M podcast that I was listening to. Actually, mm. um, it, uh, it was like the weekend roundup or something they call it, um, which goes usually for about forty minutes. Quite quite good. Um, and that forty discussion... minutes. <laughs> We've already well, got forty minutes. We can talk forty on Dylan Edwards. It's not as good as us, but um, uh, but yeah, that, that came up, and then every other media outlet has run with it since then. Um yeah. League, and I think the the nine um, outlets, just all these, and all they did, they just quoted the things that were said by the guys. I think it was Aaron Woods, uh, Michael Chamis, and it might have been James Graham on there as well. Um, and, and they were very, comp- you know, very uh, praiseworthy of Dylan Edwards. Um, and they basically said, well, you know, if, if Penrith can only afford one, then then probably uh, probably go with Edwards. But they did talk, and it's a, it's a big but as well. It's it's a matter of what what's underneath. Um, mm. where where are you stronger? If and and it's not a fate to complete that both leave. Um, no. they're both signed till the end of next year. Yeah, twenty four. Oh, yeah. yeah, the first of November, they they become able to talk with other clubs. Um, yeah, we're talking about Stevie Crichton, you know. This time last year, we were talking about him. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, and 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 it did happen that he went. You know, he left. Well, he's still there now, but he'll be a bulldog next year. Um, and Penrith basically saying, "This is you know, this is all we can pay you." Um, yeah. and, and he ended up going to the Bulldogs. But uh, it's 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 sort of speculation um, for the future. The reality is we've we've got games coming up this weekend with a State of Origin series. Um, see what happens on that one. But yeah, uh, it's all it, hypothetical rumor and innuendo, it is. isn't it? It is, and I said like maybe it was a bit of a slow news day, but and just everyone's run with that story. Like oh, you know, Edwards, Luai, you know, I I don't know why it's so so newsworthy when. There's so much going on in the game that's happening mm. right now. And it, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of the time, it's almost like we can't see the forest for the trees. We're too worried about what teams are going to look like next year. that we Exactly. We don't, we, we don't look at the football this week. It's like, you know, we're always looking too far ahead. Yeah. Um, just one other comment before I talk a little bit more about Origin, because this will impact um, the other performance on the weekend that I'd imagine... Could have been a contender for Griffo's grab in his 150th game. Um, Latrell Mitchell. Now, this is proof that Latrell listens to the podcast because I, I have a theory that uh, Shano's rant last week got him fired up. And um, he, he was phenomenal on the weekend. It's his best performance this year by far. Yeah, much more involvement. Uh, I saw parts of the first half. I didn't see all the first half, but I did see. South would just start to rip them apart. Uh, I didn't actually watch the second half. I thought this is going to be, uh, be a landslide, um, which it pretty much was. Um, and you, that was to be expected. I mean, South Sydney are one of the title contenders, and the Bulldogs, unfortunately, were reduced to fielding almost a reserve grade side due to injuries and suspensions. So um, and that's the way it panned out. Uh, I felt for the Bulldogs. Um, they they've been good. I think they've got three, the three and three, with a severely depleted yeah. uh, team for a number of those weeks. So, um, yeah, they they've they've been creditable this year, but it's going to stay tough for them because we're going to talk injuries soon, but. Mm. Uh, Viliame Kikau, who was missing last week as a result of uh, concussion from training. Um, I don't know what they're doing at the Bulldogs training. But, <laughs> it's, uh, it must be tough not, because he well, yeah, tore his pectin you, uh, yesterday. You're knocking, you're knocking your 750 to 800 a year players out at training. Then maybe you've got to look at what's going on at these training sessions. He's not even in a game, and he, he's you know twice he's been injured at training. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd imagine it, it says something about Kikau and the fact that he does everything at a hundred percent. I know there'll be some question marks over what's going on at the the Bulldogs, not only at training, but the impact the training could be having on the games because we've seen a lot of injuries at the Bulldogs. You mentioned now Kikau, um, torn pec. He's going to be out for an extended period. We touched on it very briefly earlier with Josh Adokar um, out. 
uh, with an injury sustained uh, early in the game against South last week. Um, and, and as we said, just to, I know I'm going around in a bit of a circle here, I'm coming back around the block. I, I had him on one wing for my New South Wales side. I'd imagine most people would have, and I think absolutely would have. And I would have had, I'd imagine the other wing would be Brian Toto. Um, do you think we, we get to a situation where we end up with the wingers from, from last year again? Do you see a, you know, Tupu playing on the wing? Do you see a, another player? Like, effectively, this injury, I'm not glossing over it because I know it's having a massive impact for the dogs, but there's also that wider impact here. Does this bring Joe Suwali in as a possibility on the wing? Um, I know people are going to say, oh, here's the South fan go again. I, I, I'd even think that in the discussion, I know there's a few ahead of him, you might even bring Campbell Graham into the discussion for, for a spot. I think this really starts a massive conversation about who's going to be the inform outside back um, going into the, the, the first game. And there's, this, there's a big spot up for selection here, I think. Yeah, you you raise some some names there, Graham. That they're obviously the names that would be on the the selectors uh, sheet. The other guy that you didn't mention was the guy who's you know done a strong job over a number of years, Daniel Tupo. Yeah, um, I know Gus Gould was was pretty keen on Tupo. Um, Personally, I would go with uh, Suali'i. Um, mm. Still a little while yet. We don't know who else is going to be injured, or indeed if he is going to be injured. But <laughs> anything can happen. And this is, you know, Freddie sort of talked about this over the years that you can never have your team picked weeks out. You've got no idea, but injuries, suspensions come into play. Um, if everyone available, then you know, obviously taking Ado Car out. I'd go with uh, with Toto and Suali'i as the two wingers, Latrell in the centres, and Turbo if he can prove his fitness. Um, if he can't, then I think Campbell Graham's got really uh, come into consideration. Um, Crichton is another option. Um Jack Whiten is oh, cool. another option. So um, there's there's plenty of guys who can get the job done. And we saw mm. Jack Whiten and, and Latrell represent to the Kangaroos successfully over in England. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd probably I'd probably say you know Jack Whiten um, might come in into the centres, but Campbell Graham would would also would press uh, strongly for a centre or a wing spot. I, I personally think Campbell Graham is a better winger than he is a centre. Um, I, I'd have no problem with him getting the nod on the wing. Um, he, he actually um, he scored his points on the weekend. I know you said you missed the second half. Um, Isaac Thompson went off injured and pushed Campbell Graham to the wing. And he scored. Um, he scored three tries playing on the wing in that second yeah, half. Oh, yeah. I, I, I rate him very highly as a winger. I mean, I know he's a class centre. I just think he's a better winger. And we saw him rep- again. He represented the Kangaroos on the wing yeah, and did a very did. good job. Um, he's got the height there. Um, he's a, obviously we know he's a strong defender. He's a good runner of the ball. I, I, 
I'd have no problem with uh, with Campbell Graham if he was selected on the wing or indeed in the centres. But I think, you know, if a fit Turbo's going to be there, yep. if Turbo's not fit, I think then Jack, um, Jack Lighton yeah, would, yeah, would yeah. get the job. But, well, I, I think he should get the job, whether he does or not. And he's going to be number 14 if he's, if he's not in the centres. The the other the other positions really I, I know um, we talk a lot about incumbency and you, know, you mentioned there Tupu as, as as effectively he's the incumbent um, one area where a lot of the talk is going to be about incumbency I think will be in the five eight position we know Nathan Cleary um, it would take an injury which you know yeah. I, I don't wish upon him it would take an injury for him not to be the number seven um, I know that a lot of people are talking about. Jerome Luai not being a lock for that 5'8 position. I was just interested in your thoughts. I, I know it's very hard to see with the limited amount of football. And we're still about you know six weeks away from Origin, maybe even seven. I don't think it's till the end of May, the first Origin. So we're, we're, we're quite early in our chat here. But um, what are your thoughts around that, that halves combination? Based on what we've seen thus far, now that we're you know almost two months into the, the season... Are you feeling as though the, the Penrith halves at this stage are are the way to go if if you had to go off what we've seen thus far? Uh, the thing is that you, the word you used there was combination, and that's something they've got. Um, there are a lot of people coming out and saying Nico Hines for number six, and, and there's a lot. It's hard to argue. But what we don't know is is would a Heinz Cleary combination work? To the best of mm. my knowledge, they've never played together. Uh, Nico Heinz is is a very talented player. Um, it could pro- you you think it would work, uh, but he doesn't play six, plays seven. Uh, most of his NRL career has been a one. Um, he may have played five, eight, some stage versatile player. Um, but you're taking a gamble, taking a Tyson there. Um, and I, I, th- I think there's been, you know, a lot of talk over the years, New South Wales, they don't pick and stick Queensland do it and they're successful, blah, blah, blah. Um, yet we're hearing these calls for Nico Hines to get the job. And, you know, he's, he's the reigning Dalian player of the year. And, and it, when he came back after injury, he was in really good form with the Sharks. Yeah. And, but He's got to have a big month, put it that way. If he's got to, to set the world on fire in the next to. month to... Because... I think this is also to a conversation and I like how you talk about that combination and the unknown combination because a lot of people I've heard talk about this, talk about this incumbency and saying, oh, what's incumbency worth? I'm not sure with Jerome Luai that it's a, um, that the incumbency argument is the one there. I think it's more the combination, not only with Nathan Cleary that we know week in, week out works, but we know on this podcast, we, when, when, NRL fans talk about the spine. We like to include the thirteen. Um, we we know that Isaiah Yo is going to be there as well, and we know he's it's going to be a very spine. Grant, 
Yeah. It's a bit longer. <laughs> it's not my spine. <laughs> it's a bit more. It's a bit, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's a, a bit Jason taller. Saab's spine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're going. We're going the uh, the taller spine. But yeah. but but you know what I mean. It's not only that combination with Cleary. It's 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 that combination with Yo. And I exactly. Think, I think that for people to say that it's based on oh he was there so he's getting picked. I think it's more the fact that. We know that if Jerome Luai plays with Nathan Cleary, it's going to work because they do it every week. Um, and, and, and we know that they're big on combinations. And that's what sort of brings me then to, if you want to talk about the combination form and incumbency, the other position that's, that's a really interesting one is, is the hooker. Because I'd actually be interested to see your thoughts, Griffo, on how much of an impact playing in a poorly performing team might have on selection. And I think you know who I'm talking about here. It's Happy Coruscant. Um I know we've talked in the podcast about the fact that Damien Cook has been the the number nine for the Blues. Happy Coruscant, we are effectively, you know, we talked about it earlier on the season that uh, a lot of fans are expecting him to, to come into the, the, the squad for this year and be that number nine. He has that combination from being at Penrith prior to this year with Ucleary, Luai, Yo. But he's playing in a team that's uh, performing poorly. Um, he was our shining light in the in the dark room. Just want to get your thoughts on that number nine because um, we know the incumbent is, um, is Damien Cook. Um. Yeah, I go Appy. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I don't think Appy's been going that bad for the Tigers. Um, and I thought uh, absolutely he was good on on Monday. He's got again a combination with the players you've talked about with Yo, Cleary, Luai, um, and. If that's how they want to go, if they want to talk about halves combination, then you may as well make it halves, lock and hooker, because they know each other's game. Um, and if it doesn't work, then maybe think about game two, whether you're going to, depending on how badly it goes. But um, I, I would go, I would keep the combination. Uh, we saw Queensland dominate for many years because they had combinations. Um, now, New South Wales didn't win last year, and they they had those Penrith guys there, but they had no Turbo and they had no Latrell. And they got... Latrell was Crichton yeah, and Burton in the centres, wasn't it? Exactly. So, um, I, I just think... I would I would keep with the combination. Since that series was played last year, we did see Penrith win another competition. Um, and, you know, people might think, well, I'm biased. Well, I would not be saying pick this guy or pick that guy because they play with Penrith because... I want New South Wales to win. So I don't care what player, you know, someone 
what club they play for, if they're what I believe to be the best uh, option, then I'll say, I want that guy wearing blue. I'm going to Adelaide to watch this first game. Um, I don't want to go over there and, and see him lose. Like, uh, I want to see the best 17 represent New South Wales. Um, and I believe it is with Appy as, as nine. Uh, Luai as six. And Cleary as seven. Assuming Yo is... It's 13. And if, um, and if Teddy's crook will put Dylan Edwards in there, then you got, yeah, and, <laughs> then well, you got the whole band back together. I mean, it does, it, does sound, <laughs> it does sound very Penrith-centric, and, and it is. And, and They've been the best they, team for three years. When, so. they, like, when they've lost games, you know, everyone gets on Freddie's back and, you know, look, he's just got to – he's the coach. He's got to pick the team he believes is going to be successful. Um, and and from uh, that's what I think would work best. Um, do I think it could work with Nico Hines at six? Absolutely. Um, but I would leave that just to see if something that has been tried and been successful can continue to be successful. If it doesn't work, then yes, make some changes for game two. What would what would be your like, like for people that don't fully understand, um, you know the selection and so on? Is Damien Cook's been there for for quite a number of years? Um, would the would the logic behind this be the um, you know is it is it Damien Cook's age? Is it that Appy Corusau's form? Is it that combination um, that that he's had previously with them that would would improve something for the for the Blues. I, I think for a lot of fans, they'd be saying, "Well, you know, what's what's why why not Cook um, in this situation?" I just think over the last year or, or two, Appy's performance has been better than Damien Cook. Um, Damien Cook did a really good job for New South Wales over a number of years. I'm not going to be critical mm. of Damien Cook, but I do think that Appy has passed him as the, the best number nine that New South Wales has available. Um, Appy was quite close to selection for the Kangaroos. He didn't get selected because they had Harry Grant, who is the best hooker in the world. And then you had Ben Haunt, um, who plays their in combination with Grant for Queensland and is just a, an outstanding player who also covers the halves. Uh, and, and they felt it wasn't needed, an extra hooker, in the given the size of the squad they are able to pick. But, uh, yeah, I just think Appy's gone past Damien Cook um, at this point. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, Cook was phenomenal on the weekend, um, but we're probably calling it here. If he wants that spot, he's really got to play out of his skin. And I know his motivation may not be that of beyond winning games for South Sydney, but um, yeah, you, you, you want to have that, that, that form and be in form. And also, I think people are thinking about, um, you know, how many Ks he's got on the clock, but it's, it's good to, it's, it's better than sitting there scratching your head going, who the hell are we going to get to play hooker? So, 
A lot of impact there, really, from that Addo Car injury we just talked about. Um, another team that's really down on luck, not only on the um, the ladder, but with injuries, is the, the Tigers. Um, we saw last week um, Adam Dwayne he go off with an ACL injury. He's he's basically, well, you know, that's effectively his season done. That's a massive blow for the Tigers to add to, obviously, um, you know, a few other injuries. Uh, for them, um, but that's I, I think Brent Naden's probably going to miss about a month from what we're hearing. But um, yeah, that's 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 massive for the Tigers, isn't it? I know we talked about the Tigers, but just really touching on that, that's um, that's that's devastating for them if they were going to be any chance of, you know, I'm going to be realistic here. If they're going to be any chance of getting out of the bottom four, he needed to be fit. Yeah, the the, the depth uh, is. Is a little bit of a problem for them. Um, yeah, the uh, way he's had an up and down season, he's, he's probably not been at his best. Um, but he's one of their best seventeen, or one of their best thirteen, without a doubt. And uh, I think they recently re-signed him to to an extended uh, contract. Uh, on on big dollars, so they obviously value Duehi, even yeah. though they've sort of flicked him between six and one, half a dozen or the other. Um, but he's out again. Um, he's this is the third, I think, season-ending uh, like injury he's had. I think he had one at the Rabbitohs. Uh, yeah. Then uh, he did his knee at. at uh, a couple of years ago at the Tigers, um, and, and then it's happened again. And it, it was it was an innocuous sort of thing that was. Um, I think he just went up to 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 catch a, a bomb or something like that. Come down on the knee, and and you could see he was gone. Um, yeah. And and you know, obviously everyone's thinking, oh shit, I haven't. I'm sorry, viewers or listeners, <laughs> not many viewers, but. Um, That's all right. You got about twelve swear words left because Shane's not on. Yeah, yeah, Shane. <laughs> he usually week. takes that quota. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like uh, everyone felt for him. Was hoping, no, I no, know. Yeah, it's yeah. not. You know, another yeah. one. Just yeah. like with Brayley when he went down, you're like, yeah. Um, uh, you just don't want to see these guys. Like, you don't want to see anyone get injured, but particularly guys who've who've had a number of injuries in their career. This is also um, Braley's um, second ACL. Third. And yeah. Third, I, is I think, it? Uh, I think he might have had a... Uh, I know he's had one before. Yeah, he's had he's had one ACL. He might have also had uh, Achilles. He might have, I think he, yeah. he's had three very big injuries. Um, and a really good player. And, and the captain of the team, like, it's a massive yeah. loss for the Knights. Yeah, it's, it's horrible when you see that much talent and you have that bad luck with injuries because for a player like Braley, you feel like he's had just so much potential and he's a really strong player, but he never gets really to kick on because he'll he'll have some some really good um, some football under his belt and then get a, a setback like this. So it's um it's, it's not good for him. Definitely not good for him. Um, the Tom Trebojevic, that's a bit of a watch this space, isn't it? What... what from what I'm hearing from the club, are you hearing the same thing? They're saying that it's back, back, he has spasms. back spasms. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, here's Sorry. another bloke who we know uh, on his day is better than everyone and has had some bad luck with injuries. And we know how much Manly's season hinges on him. And, and we saw on the weekend when he wasn't 100% the impact it had. So um, injuries starting to have impacts across the board, Griffo. Not just with uh, certain teams, but there's a lot of... Um, yeah, a lot of injuries are going on. We'll talk about that in the team news later on. And there's even players this week coming back from injury. So, um, plenty to keep an eye on. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of so those... Underlines the importance of a, of a squad, having a strong squad, yes. not just a strong Agreed. 17. Um, if you want to win this this NRL competition, you've got to have a, have a strong squad. And you've got to be lucky with injuries. And Penrith... You know, over the last few years, they have, um, they have been reasonably lucky with injuries, uh, and the most, if not all, of their best players have been available for those big semi-final and grand final games, and you need that if you're going to be successful. Yeah, and they've got um, they've got a few players coming back too. Uh, a few few injuries at the moment. Um, I was I was looking at their team earlier today. There's a big name on their reserves list that we'll we'll talk about uh, a bit later. And um, yeah, they're they're looking to welcome back. But those top teams that do it right, we always say at Griffo, they're like a production line. Um, they get someone else in. They come in to do a job, uh, and that player knows what that job is. And every now and then you get a player who um, does their job, and then tries to to exceed beyond what the job description of a rugby league player is. And um, th- that's uh, going to be a bit of an insight into uh, my gaff for this week. Alright, um, this week's gaff. This is a this is a good one because you'll you'll notice I don't do the gaff every week. Um, we did have a I don't know if I've mentioned this on air. I had a bit of a discussion about this with you fellas, and I thought, oh, I feel like I'm just being negative. Sometimes I'm just picking up when someone stuffs up and and calling it a gaff. And you know, the the gaff was always supposed to be lighthearted and have a bit of a laugh. And geez, didn't we um didn't we get a good one on the weekend? Uh. The Penrith and Manly game, whilst we had some phenomenal performances and some uh, highlights, actually, you know, I was, I was a bit excited. I thought maybe the, the grab and the gaff could come from the same game. It wasn't to be. Uh, this week's gaff um, goes to Hank Scorpio himself, Brad Parker. Now, we've talked a lot on the podcast and the commentators talk about it on the game. The decision that an outside back has to make when... When a kick comes in, do I attack the ball? Do I let it bounce? A lot of players these days, Griffo, I know they're letting the ball bounce and they're going to take that risk. Brad Parker went option three. I'm going to throw my foot at it. So on the volley, um, <laughs> and I think he said off air um, that, that he could get a could get a run for um, <laughs> for a PSG. European football team. Yeah, you well, were, you I were think was, Messi's was supposed to be leaving. So uh, oh, here we go, Mbappe Brad Parker. Need a need a partner there. So uh, yeah. Parker. He might be able to hyphenate that Parker Mbappe. But um yeah, if you if you haven't seen this, um see if you can find it. I know obviously if you got the if you got KO or Fox, you can go back and watch the replay, but 
It was um, it was in the first half. I think they were down about fourteen nil, and yeah, never seen it before. It's it's very rare that we get something we haven't seen before, Griffo, where a player um, attacks a kick with a kick. It was almost yeah. like he was he was trying to to save his hands and do the old. Um, it's a trailblazer. The old, old foursome backs. It was like it was like you know a bit of rugby. I'll kick it back straight away, but um, didn't bother catching it. Just threw the foot at it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. No, I've not. I've not been watching a lot of rugby league over the years. I've never seen that before. Like I was, I was at the game and uh, did the crowd all just every, have a laugh? Everyone turned to each other. Oh well, yeah, what was just, going everyone on? Was saying, what was that? What was he doing? And even even manly fans in the crowd, I'm sure you want to see them go. What is going? Like throw the hands up, thinking, "Oh goodness!" Like I'm, I'm sure they don't practice that at training. Well, I is wouldn't that... think so. I gotta. I know we're having a laugh here. I'm gonna go down a, a path here that we can actually talk about. And is this something you're starting to see? Not not the kick, obviously, but a bit of a trend, which makes me feel as though perhaps it's something that's discussed at training. The percentage play, the lack of confidence sometimes catch. I mean, we know that, say, a Nathan Cleary kick, I mean, they're not easy to catch. Some of those spiraling bombs, the floating bombs. Um, we, we see more and more players in recent years and teams take their chance on letting the ball bounce. Now, I know, you know, when I was a young fellow, even when, you know, obviously... You know, you were a young fella, it was always catch the ball. The ball comes, catch it. We're seeing teams take the chance a little bit more, especially too where they might let it bounce and then go, okay, we'll see what happens. We'll back our defense a bit. Is that is that something you feel has crept into the game a little bit more? I think it probably has. But but to be, to be fair on that, like sometimes depending on where the kick is coming down, um, like if it's say uh, thirty meters out, I actually don't mind too much, um, as long as you've got players behind the ball, yeah, who are able, to, if required, to make that sixth tackle. Because it's usually we're talking it's it's a you know a last tackle option, yeah, and um, and sometimes. You, you see the t- your team like if they're defending and they knock it on you think why don't you just let it, the percentage play yeah. would have been to just let the other team get the ball Tackle. and wrap them up and, and you've got the ball back so you can't I don't think you can take that chance if it's like you know a couple of metres out from your line because it could just bounce up and, and, and into the arms of a player from the opposition who's going to score a try um but that's where you know it does bring in the indecision. Um, do I do I try and leap in the air and I'm probably not going to catch it anyway, or do I just let it bounce or let the other guy get it and just wrap him up and and we get the ball back? Um, so sometimes the percentage play is to actually probably just let the other team get the ball if it's the last, and just straight away wrap the guy up. Um, But again, it really depends on on where that ball is. You you just can't. It's not the percentage play if it's happening right on the line or just in front of the line. You know, 20, 30 metres downfield, it's a different story. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. But the rugby league ball, you cannot predict where it's going to bounce. Um, and, it, and obviously, uh, in some situations where you've just got to take it, you've just got to at least attempt to take it. Um, but uh, that's that's what makes it, you know, difficult because those decisions happen instantaneously. Um, and uh, you, you look a bit of a fool if, if, if you let it bounce and the other team get it back, particularly if they score. Um, but likewise, you, you look a bit silly if you try and catch something which probably if the other team caught the ball, you just got to wrap them up and, and get and tackle and you get the ball back. So um, this is the, the decisions. This is why these guys are, are out playing in the NRL and, uh, and getting paid fairly handsomely uh, to do so because, uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, but uh, and, and we've got some really good uh, kickers of the football right at the minute in the, in the NRL. Yeah, and they and they also, you know, they they do their homework. They seek out the players who may not have the confidence, and it's no, it's 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 no coincidence that uh, these halfbacks that have those, um, you know, phenomenal kicking styles, as we said, the Clearies, the Reynolds, you know, even um, yeah, Matty Burton, Matty Burton, yeah, gee, he's got a big boot on him. Um, yeah. They 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 do their homework and seek out these players, so. Yeah, definitely, um, you know, a bit of a talking point there, but also to, uh, you know, just going back to the topic at hand, if uh, you haven't seen that Brad Parker one, um, have a look at it because it's something you've probably never seen before. But coming out... The the finish to that, Graham, um, and I I did watch it just before the show. I I was sort of watching uh, the first half back again. um, And... Like, he did this volley. The ball sort of went 20 metres from where he connected with it, up in the air. It was taken by Isaac Tango, who was having a magnificent half. And and uh, Parker's just made a beeline for him, swinging out. Tango, fortunately, um, was underneath it rather because if... If Parker had connected, he would have been sent off. Like he just, he, it would have uh, been two gaffs for the price of one. Well, that's right, a double gaff. I don't know if we've ever seen that either. <laughs> double gaff from the same player within the space of about fifteen seconds, um, or less actually. But uh, yeah, fortunately for Brad Parker, um, yeah, Tango underneath the swinging arm. Um, and uh, I guess, yeah, a lot of people got a lot of entertainment out of Brad Parker. Thank you, Mr. Parker. Yeah, nah, definitely, <laughs> definitely a good one there. Um, and the, and look, coming off then the back of last week and wrapping up our talk of uh, last week's matches, um, the table as it stands currently. Uh, every team now has lost a game, uh, but the Broncos still stay on top. They're on 10 points in first position. We then have the Panthers, Storm, Dolphins, Warriors, Titans, and Roosters on eight points. Uh, in eighth position on seven, 
we see the Knights. In ninth possession, uh, position on seven, we see the Seagulls. The Rabbitohs um, are in 10th position. Um, joining them on six points are the Sharks, Dragons, Bulldogs. Eels move up to 14th position. They're on four points alongside the Cowboys and Raiders. And the West's Tigers are still yet to record any points. But never fear, Tigers fans, with the bye this week, uh, you will get two points. It won't get you off the bottom, but you'll get two points. So, um, there's some positive. There's a silver lining there for um, the West Tigers. Well, I think that pretty much moves us on to uh, to this week, mate. We've got some big games coming up, um, so we might as well get into our preview of round seven. Jeez, it goes quick, so it's time to kick it off. All right, there's the whistle and the kickoff for the round seven preview, and it all starts uh, tomorrow night with the Dolphins hosting the Rabbitohs. This one's going to take place in Suncorp Stadium at Brisbane. Uh, it's been marketed, I suppose is the word, as the Master vs. Apprentice. Um, Wayne Bennett of the Dolphins taking on Demetrio of the Rabbitohs. Um, also, just a little bit of a tidbit, which I'm sure would have made Shano's tidbits uh, this week. Um, I think today it was, was the last... Um, training session for the Rabbitohs at Redfern Oval. So um, they've been training there for, for quite a number of years since uh, it was redeveloped, but uh, they'll be moving to their new training base in um, Maroubra. So um, they had a, from from what I heard, I think they had a few club legends there. I think uh, George Piggins, one of them. So they made a bit of an occasion of it today. Uh, I'd imagine Mario that was there, they, I think, as well. Yeah, Mario Fennick, of course. Um which isn't, which probably isn't anything different. He's uh, training all the time. He just loves it, doesn't he, Mario? But um, yeah, it was good to see them make a bit of a event of that. And I'll tell you what, um, it'll be an event up in uh, Brisbane this weekend. Um, we've got uh, the team news. Uh, obviously, this is taking into account um, a few changes that have been announced in the last hour since we started recording. Uh, but for the Dolphins, um, you got Bromwich coming back in. He missed last week's game over the Cowboys uh, due to illness. Wallace is out. He's got a Category 1 concussion, so that's a big loss uh, for them with uh, JJ Collins coming in. Uh, sounds like he should be writing books, doesn't he? JJ Collins. Yeah. Um, the other changes I don't, are... I don't know much about JJ. Neither, neither do I. No, he's... Um, I guess we'll find out tomorrow night. Yeah, I'd imagine a middle forward, but uh, one to keep an eye on. Um, Robert Jennings back on the wing for Edric Lee. Um, Ray Stone, I've noticed just in the update, he's been promoted to the starting side. Yeah, number 16. Um, Herman SASA on the interchange bench from what I've got here listed. Um, so, yeah... Um, Few few changes there. Obviously, they're still waiting to welcome back um, a few of their their big names. Uh, obviously, Sullivan's still out. Oh, Sullivan, I should say, for uh, still out for them. So, um, yeah, there's the the they've got a few back, but not quite the team they'd want. Um, the Rabbitohs, uh, they're they're a bit the same. They welcome back a couple of players and lose a couple. They've got Alex Johnston coming back into the side. Uh, he missed last week with a uh, Category One concussion. Um, the other player back in is Jai Arrow. He's actually uh, back from his hamstring injury and starting in at prop 
which is uh, a bit of a different number on the back. I know he's played a bit of prop in the forwards rotation, but uh, usually named in the second row. But he'll play prop uh, effectively uh, due to the knee injury or re-injury sustained by Tevita Totola on the weekend. Um, he came back from that injury and uh, re-injured it in last week's game. The other player to, to leave the field the other day with an injury was Isaac Thompson. Now, he was named earlier on in the week, and I'm just looking at the updated team here. He is nowhere to be seen, and they've uh, put Tane Milne in on the right wing this week. Uh, he played last week in place of Johnston. So Tane Milne will get another um, another crack, and with the shuffle, it looks as though Blake Taff at this stage will be the 18th man. Uh, ben Lovett, the other opposite. Um, possibility there. We've got the Dolphins who have started really well, Griffo. Um, Rabbitohs last week scored some points. Uh, they're, they're trying to build the form that would um, get them to where they want to be. Um, and yeah, it's, it's funny. We've got the coaches this week. The media's trying to build it up, but the coaches only have nice things to say about each other. Um, what say you about this uh, this clash, the first ever time that... Um, the, the Rabbitohs and Dolphins come head-to-head? Uh, I think I could play back almost any week where the Dolphins have been involved and I'll be saying I'm tipping the opposition. Yeah. Um, look, I, I've got to commend the Dolphins. A four out of six, I never thought that was going to be the case. thought they'd struggle to win four games all year, but... Mm. Um, Credit to them. They've just been tenacious. Um, Bennett's got the best out of every player, which is his specialty, really, getting the best out of uh, out of his players. Um, I look at the teams. I can't see a Dolphins victory. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the likes of Luttrell, Cody, Camori, uh Kalomatangi, Damian Cook. Uh, I think it's a fairly strong South Slino. I know they're not at full strength, but they're pretty close to it. Um, really only, as you mentioned, Totola. Uh, and they do miss Totola, but mm. uh, they do get Jai Arrow back. I don't know if he's... Has he played any NRL at all? He's been injured for some time. Uh, Jai Arrow, yeah. He played he week one? Or? Yeah, he played week one. Um, yeah, this will be his first game back. He did okay. play week one. Um, yeah, because he was he was one of those names in the, in the list of forwards that were missing, which still includes, obviously, Havili and Shaq Mitchell. But, um, right. yeah, as you said, they're, they're starting to come back on deck. Well, I think Jai Arrow is, is always in South's top 13, let alone 17. So Definitely. Um, yeah, he, he's a quality player. Um, on the flip side, you mentioned that you know, the Dolphins are missing a few. Uh, they do get some back. Uh, Jesse Bromwich missed last week's game. Um, I just can't see the Dolphins winning, but they've proved me wrong week in, week out. So, sells for me. Great. Mm. Yeah, it is one of those, you know, proceed with caution ones, isn't it? Because I feel like every week we, we convince ourselves that the Dolphins are going to lose, then we watch the game and they win. Um, this, will, this, this, this is going to be an interesting matchup here. And 
this is where last week we started to see the seeds planted for the Rabbitohs with that combination of um, Latrell, Walker, Cook. So just just the way last week, especially in that second half, that Cook got South Sydney on the on the front foot whilst also doing a lot of work in the middle was was what opened it up a lot for for the um the rest of the team. Um, credit, I suppose, also to Jacob Host. Uh, he had a bad run with injuries, especially last year. He's coming. He's done a good job for South. And I think also too a big thing for South is uh, they they do have some some very reliable forwards now on the bench. Uh, now that we're starting to get some troops coming back, um, I, I know that Jed Cartwright has um, been good in patches. I think if anything, if there's any player in this team that South Sydney fans are a bit unsure about, uh, week in week out, Jed Cartwright. Uh, he has made a few errors and. And now I think he's, um, you know, whilst he's trying his heart out, I think a few um, few areas have been costly for them. But when you've got Saluka Fafita, David Moali and Hame Sele there, they're really solid players in that forward rotation. And I I actually think that um, part of that, and whilst, you know, this is no knock on Ray Stone, um, the Dolphins do have a, a, a good forward pack with the Bromwiches and, you know, Gilbert and um, and. St- and, and stone there now I feel as though having that uh, having SASA and Mark Nichols on the bench uh, I think they're just looking for a little bit more in that rotation because I do know that uh, I think Mark Nichols was named on the bench last week I have a feeling and he started I don't know if that's correct I, I just have this feeling but I think what they're trying to do is through that middle part of that game that that middle 40 minutes you know second part of the first half early part of the second half um Looking to get a little bit more um, still there, but um, I I think if, if if South play their potential, they should win this one. But um, I, I think it's going to be a, a very entertaining game, and um, play to watch will be the hammer. He's he scores yeah, every week, yeah. so put him in the anytime yeah. try scorer. Yeah, but uh, He's been yeah, rab- brilliant. Rabbit eyes for me. Yeah. Hammer scored every game. I think so. Yeah, I think there's a record there. There's some. Yeah, so the other day they were talking about it, which where there was a record to be broken where it was you know the last time a player scored in the first five or six games of a team's first ever games in the Premiership was in 1908, the the Newcastle side then. So I, like I know that's a bit of a you know a stretch with the stat, but yeah, it it, it just shows that um. He's he, it's it's a great effort. Put it that way. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to give him a rap. <laughs> Cowboys are missing him. <coughs> I'll tell you what, though. Yeah, and they they noticed it last week too when they came up against the Dolphins. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's uh tomorrow night's game on Friday, the early game. This is a good quality six o'clock game. Uh, we've got the Sharks taking on the Roosters. Um, for the Sharks, they're coming off the bye, so not a lot to talk to talk about in regards to team news. However, um, Wade Graham is back. Uh, this is his first game since round one. I think uh, the time he um, went to the judiciary was unsuccessful, got four weeks. So Wade Graham's back. Um, James Tedesco also had his first run on Monday since uh, failing a hit, head injury assessment against the Eels a few weeks ago. Uh, they reckon he's on track to play, which is great news for the Roosters and the Blues. Uh, Matt Lodge also on track after making his return following a facial fracture. 
Uh, Hutchinson um, was is named on the bench. So you'd imagine he might come in and relieve Brandon Smith at some stage with a rotation Possibly. there. So yeah. That's the beauty of Drew Hutchison. He, he literally, mm. apart from probably prop, just about play him anywhere. And that's the thing. Like you get an injury to one of your outside backs, he plays centre. Like he's he's um he's that versatile. And this is where we come back to that versatility um, conversation because um, Jake Turpin's been the other option there, obviously at the club who uh, could possibly play that role. But he's on the reserves list this week. Um, big game for the Sharks, Griffo. We've got them coming off the bye. Um, but they'll be looking for a big performance because this is one of those teams that we had feature very heavily in our top eight talk at the start of the season. And um, they they haven't necessarily set the world on fire to start, we'll put it that way. They've not set it on fire at all. Um, yeah, along with the Cowboys, uh, two teams that were top four last year uh, and expected to continue in that vein this year um, but not to perform in to expectations um, they're a good side the Sharks uh, they've got a, basically a team that most weeks you, you expect that are either going to win or, or they're going to go close um, I think this week I'm probably thinking they're, they're going to go close. Uh, the Roosters last week were really disappointing uh, against the Storm. I, I tipped them, and, and they, they were never in that game, really. After they scored a, an initial try, thought they, then it was all Storm. Um, they do welcome back, as, as you said, Graham, Teddy, the captain, comes back, which uh, means Joey Manu goes back into the centres, so it's a pretty good-looking backline. Uh, Tedesco, Tupo, Suali'i, Manu, Olo, Kirian, Walker. Um, the big uh, Matt Lodge onto the bench, I think that's a big in. It's not obviously not as important mm. as Teddy, but I think it's it's a big, uh, a big part of the Roosters' power game, uh, the rotation with, with he, uh, Jared, and uh, Lindsay Collins um, gives them plenty of punch. Uh, I, I just think I'm gonna I'm gonna tip the Roosters. I think they'll uh, they'll be smarting from last week's loss. And I just think they got more class than the Sharks. The Sharks can score points, no doubt. They've had some defensive issues this year. Roosters for me. Yeah, I'm going with the Roosters as well. Um... Yeah, yeah, I was disappointed in the Roosters last week in that game against the Storm. As I said, I I was watching the game, and even in the early parts of the game, I was still not very confident with my tip of the Storm. Uh, The thing that also worries me about the Sharks is, I I know that we we may have forgotten slightly, given that they had the bye last week, but this is a team that, whilst, yeah, we say they score points, they they had a 20-0 lead that they gave up to the Warriors. Yeah. Um, the week before that that worries me that even if they're um, they've got a lead against the Roosters that they're vulnerable to let teams back in and teams like the Roosters they don't need to be asked twice to get back into a into a game. Um, Wade Graham obviously a 
big in for them. Um, but they're, they're also, um, you know, missing a couple of players too that, um, yeah, that, that I didn't mention, obviously, with standard, the bike. Standard injury leave, yeah. Toby Rudolph. Yeah, and also... Um, Dale Finucane suspended. Like they're they're yes, big course, two big yeah. players that are that are that are missing for them. So yeah. I, I think given that and the fact that um the Roosters will be looking to um you know to improve their record, I think what are they, three and two at the moment? They'll be looking to uh, Roosters, yeah. They had the buy as well. So yeah. So they'll um, be looking I mean, they don't want to be three and three, and I don't think they will be. I think the Roosters win this one. Um and I think that um yeah, I think if the forwards get them up the middle, which I expect, I think there's too much class in the back line for the Roosters. I mean, the the Roosters one to seven is is phenomenal, especially considering the um the improvement we've seen of uh, Jackson Bolo. I know we've talked a lot about him in previous years, but I, I think he's been the big improver this year, um, and uh, he's he's shown that he definitely is a quality first grader. So um, I'll go the Roosters in this one. Okay, so moving on to our um, flagship Friday night game. Uh, the Seagulls back at home this week at Brookvale taking on the Storm. Tough ass for Manly uh, coming off a big loss last week. Um, Josh Schuster, he's in the reserves list this week. Um, thought that's definitely worth a um, worth a mention. There's a lot, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of carpool fun. Uh, couple favourites in the uh, reserves for Manly. Oh, we've got the yeah. we've got the Condon. We've got uh, Kepi Schuster, Chen Kum Tong. Um, Chen Kum Tong. So yeah, look, uh, hoping that, hoping that some of those blokes get a run this week. Um, I'll I'll tell you what. Uh, keep an eye on it because you'd think that if Schuster is any chance, he'd play. So um, look, if he's not there, Cooper Johns is. Is named at five eight, so um, yeah, just just keeping on that 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 space. Also, too, we talked a lot in the podcast about Tom Trebojevic and his back spasms. Um, club's telling us he's okay, so we'll we'll go with that there, right there. Um, interesting team selection for the Storm. Nick Meany ruled out with concussion. Cam Munster is uh, playing at fullback, uh, and that's going to reward uh, Pezet with a spot in the halves uh, alongside Hughes, who up until um, a couple of weeks, uh, well, up until last week, really, uh, Pezzett has done a great job filling in for either Munster or Hughes. Um, so we've got Manly here, Griffo, coming off that big loss. We've also got, whilst he's played there before, um, a bit of a different-looking uh, Melbourne side with um, Munster, Pezzett, and uh, Hughes... All in the same uh, same spine. Um, thoughts on that selection there with Munster going to pullback? Well, he came into the NRL as a fullback basically, and did a, did a really good job about it. Uh, yeah, I, I've no doubt that he'll still be a big factor in the game. Um, we see a lot of swapping between ones and sixes, uh, so. Uh, I think we'll see him play a pretty similar role. Uh, I just... I was so impressed with the Storm last week. I, I did not think they were going to win that game. 
but their big players played big and uh, it was almost like the storm of old. Uh, they were too good for the Roosters. I think they'll be too good for Manly this week. Uh, I, I saw firsthand Manly last week and they were quite disappointed. Um, their their defence was, was shocking out wide and uh, I've no doubt that Craig Bellamy and his coaching staff as well as the, the playing uh, the players of the storm would have seen that, and uh, they got a few weaknesses there. I know they've uh, they've put Ko Weeks back onto the bench. He didn't have a great game in defence. Uh, I thought Kelmer Tuolungi's uh, attempt on Dylan Edwards for the first Penrith try. I've, I've I, I was astounded at, at uh, I think he literally thought he was playing touch football. Um, Melbourne will find those holes and I, I think they'll just be a bit too strong. Um, Manley's been disappointing after a very promising start to the season after they initially they, they were the the champions of the, of the trials. Um, it's not going so well now. Uh, storm for me, Graham. Hmm. And even with the the Seagulls side there, um, I, I, I didn't mention before, um, just a few other key things. I mean, Garrick um, failed a hand yeah, a loss. last week. He's a bit of a loss there. Um, Carl Lawton also out. Yeah, unfortunately, it, there's another guy who's had terrible injuries. And it looks as though he's a, he's a journeyman for you. Aaron Woods looks like... Um, he's back. Yeah, he's... Um, Sharon. To, uh, 16, were so. not necessarily his friends. Yeah. So, look, um, the Seagulls have their their own injury woes. I know I, I I sort of glossed over some of those before, and we're too excited about the reserves bench, um, and and the changes to the Storm. But um, I, I I think the Storm are going to win this one. I actually think the Storm, given the challenges that we discussed earlier on in the um, in the year, I think they've actually gotten through the first, you know, month and a half, rather well, given the fact that they've had a lot of injuries and a, and a lot of concerns and suspensions and whatnot to get through those first six games at four and two. Um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic effort from the Storm. Yeah, I, uh, we, I think we that were, was could be the case. We were really unsure about this. We were really concerned about that start. And I remember us talking about um, their challenges early on and how they might have to chase their tails in the back end of the season. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's only round six or whatever and there's a million teams on eight points, but look, they're, they're third on the table. Um, and they, they haven't had a buy either. So that's, that's a bit of a credit to them. I think... Um, like you said, I mean, Cameron Munster, he, he just adds another dimension here, him being at fullback. And I think it's also a credit to Pezzett who came in and, and did some good things there. And um, I, I, I know Nick Meany has been their, their fullback, but they're only one cracker of a game from Jonah Pezzett away from this possibly being the look of their spine. Um, I'm very excited to see how they go here. I think they've got some real talent in the squad. I've 
been very wary to ride off the storm at all this year and I will continue that sentiment and I will um, tip the storm in this one. Just before we go on, I know this is a, you know, just a bit of an offshoot here, but just, just to the point. Manly have Manly been disappointing, even in the games that they've won and got a draw. Have we been disappointed with Manly this year? Uh, I thought they started the year well. The first couple of games, uh, they uh, they had a big win over the Bulldogs, and then they had a a, a close win against Para. But since that time, I think they've been disappointed. Mm. Um, they should have beaten Newcastle, given the the injury problems of the Knights. Um, and uh, they lost in Golden Point to South. Yeah, they they were they were pretty good that they were night. A chance, they they were a little bit unlucky, but uh, yeah, it's sort of gone wrong since then. Um, yeah, they, they think... were very poor last week. Last week was not good. No. Yeah. Um, and look, speaking of teams trying to make good on last week, we've got the Warriors taking on the Cowboys, 3 p.m. Saturday. This is a very intriguing matchup uh, for mine, um, especially being in Auckland here. Uh, the Warriors will be very keen to um, to back up. However, there is some bad news for them. We've got Tamari Martin and Wade Egan uh, out. Um, that brings Dylan Walker and Freddie Lussick into the starting lineup. Uh, Dylan Walker playing number six. Um, feels like a long time since he's played number six. I may be wrong on that, but it just feels that way. Um, Tohu Harris coming back from a knee injury. Um, that's good news for him because there's, he seems like the player who seems to be every week. I say he's coming back and he doesn't. So uh, it's good to have him uh, coming back. Um, one of your faves, uh, DWZ. Coming back from a calf injury, um, rumor has it uh, was he his eighteenth man. So I think we'll he see was how we go. Too. Yeah, because um, I think he played reserve. Gra- I think he was eighteenth man last week, and he ended up playing reserve grade. And I feel like I read that he um he scored a few tries. I think he scored three or four tries, but yeah, no, uh, you'd uh. You'd expect a player of his uh, experience and uh, and talent to go well. So, look, he's another option there. But looking at that, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine he'd stay 18th man looking at who they got there, but you never know. Um, big in the for the Cowboys. probably uh, showing faith in the guys that have done the job like so well this year. Yeah. I mean, this um, is the best the Warriors have started in, jeez, as long as I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Big in for the Cowboys. Nanai's back from suspension. That is um, a big in. Massive. Especially given the fact that uh, Griffin Neme's out for two months with a throat injury. Um, so it's it's a very timely return that they can sort of do a bit of a in and out there. But, um, yeah, huge huge in for them. He's a, he's a quality player. Um, Likewise, Tao Lung is back as well. Tao Lung is back on the wing, yeah. So he'll come in for uh, for Brendan oh. Elliott. This is a bit of a tough one, I think, Griffo. This it's might be the difference. One. This will be the difference in the tipping comps this week. Who's game enough to... Yeah. I, I, I feel like a lot of tipsters might go with the home team when they're unsure. But, I mean, jeez, I mean, 
we, we put this game in front of you a few weeks ago. Um, given how we've... The expectations, I should say, we've had of the Cowboys coming into this season. Um, you'd think a lot of people say, oh, yeah, Cowboys. But going on form, the Warriors, they've, they've definitely got to be considered here at home. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, my initial thought was was home team Warriors. Um, but I, I'm, I'm actually going to go against my initial thought. I've, I've got to think the Cowboys, who've been pretty poor this year, it's almost a must win for them. They lose this game. Um I mean, they're not. It's not season ending, but it's uh, very it's, difficult. It's going to make it difficult because <laughs> yeah, um, there are there are better sides than the Warriors. Uh, with you know, with respect to the Warriors, like on paper, they're they're not the best side, but they're they're playing well. Mm. Um, and at home, they tend to lift. Uh. Form says Warriors, but desperation says Cowboys. And and as, as you look at this team, it's it's a pretty good team. Um, I know they're missing a few. Um, that the balloons out. Name as you mentioned, uh, mm. James Tamo's out for a long time. But I I don't think the loss of Tamo is is as influential as. As, as the Bloon or, or Griffinine. But still a very good forward pack that they're putting out there. Um, and I've got to think with the likes of Drinkwater, Holmes, did, and um, they're going to score some tries. Uh, they did go down against the Cowboys, uh, sorry, against the Warriors on their home turf earlier in the year. This is the second of these clashes and we're only up to round seven, but yeah. um, I'm actually, I don't know why, but I'm just going to tip the Cowboys. I think it's desperation for them. That's why they win. Yeah. Well, my logic last week didn't help. Remember I, um, it was almost a tongue in cheek tip that I tipped uh, last week. It would have been the, um, the dragons. I said, ah, well, they beat the, the Titans a few weeks ago and I was just sort of proving a point to say how stupid the draw was and that buggered up for me. Uh, they ended up losing, so... Um, yeah, geez, I mean, you, you, it's, it's, it's very difficult, this game. I mean, I know, obviously, if we're going to, to go off anything, we know that the Cowboys might be desperate. Nanai's back, he's going to be a big in. The Warriors have a couple of players out and they do have to change their side a bit. But, I mean, really, you, you, you couldn't blame anyone in your tipping comps for going either way on this one. I, I like the Cowboys, too, um, with little confidence. But I just feel as though they're the team I'm just waiting to come good. And I'm hoping it's this week. I, I, I do think that, you know, obviously, tomorrow, Martin and Wade Egan being out is going to cause, cause a fair bit of disruption given... Um, their roles in the Warriors team. I'll I'll put it down to Nanai being back, but I just I just feel as though with the Cowboys, they just they need to start winning. They've got too much talent across the park not to win these games, and I I just keep wait, waiting for them to win. I'm 
I'm going to call it out and say it's it's this week. I don't think they'll lose twice to the Warriors in one season. So uh, I'll go the Cowboys in a tight one over in New Zealand. Okay, um, moving on from the 3 o'clock game of Super Saturday, 5.30 game. This is a big game up in Newcastle. We've got the Newcastle Knights who uh, have shown some form this year, taking on um, best team of the past three years, the Penrith Panthers. Uh, Penrith obviously very high after that big win on the weekend, but um, in all fairness, the Knights also coming off a win. Um, looking at this game and the uh, the team news um, we mentioned before, um, Tyson Gamble now he's um, he's going to be coming back into the number six jersey this week. Um, Phoenix Crossland, he's uh, number nine. Uh, the, the biggest news probably for the Knights we've mentioned already that the Jaden Braley season over with that ACL injury. Um, they've yeah, that's that's a big big out for them, especially coming up against the quality of the Panthers. And as you'd imagine, um, the Penrith Panthers, there's not much to change there given how good they were last week. However, as I alluded to earlier, I have. Noticed when looking deep into the reserves list that a Mr. Liam Martin has been allocated jersey number 20 this week. Um, that's a watch this space. Um, I'll be interested to see your thoughts on that one, Griffo. Obviously, Luke Garner also uh, included on that reserves list. Uh, I think it was a rib injury that was uh, causing him yeah. grief. Rib cartilage, I believe. I'm just going to go straight to it and I'll... I'll delay your two minutes for a second because I'm throwing an extra question in. As let's just cut to the chase. As a Penrith fan, is this a game you look at? And it's, it's it's not arrogance, obviously. It's it's looking at whether or not it's worth it. But is this the type of game where you look at it and say, "Look, I reckon this squad can beat the Knights. Let's give Liam Martin another week." Thoughts on that possible process, or do you just go, "We've got to get him in there if he's fit." Well, I I I, uh, I subscribe to the view that uh, unless he's hundred percent, just uh, he's too important to the team. Um, uh, a report I saw from their physio, sort of each week or so, they put out a, a little video, just uh, like an injury update. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, before the Manly game, he was basically saying that uh, he expected Luke Garner would be ready for for this game. Yep. But it was unlikely Liam Martin. Um, okay. So, so don't, expect, don't expect him to play? No, I, I wouldn't expect him to play. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, big game the week after. <laughs> It's the Tigers, is it? No, they play South. Oh, South. Oh, yeah. Then it's, okay. <laughs> I was going up. Just throw him in and, you know, yeah, just yeah. take chances. Um, yeah, uh, that is a big game. Um, yeah. And this is a big game too. I mean, it, yeah, it, I know. it's an equal Tug number of cheek, points. Obviously, um, we've got a vested interest in the... Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if Liam Martin plays this week. Um but uh, they, they've given him the chance by, by, by name as a reserve. So um, on to the game itself. Uh, I, I, I'm obviously going to tip Penrith. 
Mm. But I, I'm so impressed by what Newcastle have done this year in the face of adversity um, with many high-profile players out, principally Kalen Ponga, but also uh, uh, Saifiti, who was suspended. Um, still got one Saifiti there, but... Uh, uh, so we've got Daniel. Oh, what's the other one? Jacob. Jake. Yeah, just came to me uh, a little bit late there. But uh, Jacob got, I think, a six-week, five or six-week suspension. A um, few others as well here and there. But but Caelan Pong are out. Um, and now, obviously, the body blow with their captain, Jaden Braley, out of the game. So... Um, they're going to give themselves a chance because they've won games they weren't expected to win. They got that draw against Manly. Um, I just don't think they're going to win this game. I think it's Penrith. Uh, I think they'll probably throw more at them than what the Warriors did last week. Um, yeah, I, I expect Penrith to win. But Newcastle certainly put up a strong fire. Interesting, uh, the battle of Luai and Gamble. Um, I'm sure there'll be words right throughout the game. Those those two guys uh, don't mind going the lip, uh, especially Gamble. He tries to get under the skin of his opponents. I think a big part of that is that he doesn't have the skill in his own game uh, to, to, to beat opposition but he knows that there's there's uh, there's different ways to win a game um, anyway. gotta love it gotta love it the other thing too is obviously um penrith they're not only you know they're playing well and there's been a bit of talk about you know their, their their start to the year, and there was a few games there that you know obviously we 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 we're used to them just coming out and beating everyone, and um, at the start of the year there was a few few hiccups there. But I think the fact that in the last the, the, the scary thing for the um the Knights this week is that the Penrith Panthers have scored ninety seven points in their last two games. Uh, if we also want to talk stats. Uh, the Knights have only won one of their past 12 games against Penrith. Um, Panthers haven't lost in Newcastle since 2015. Uh, I, I'm trying to look for some stats that, that help Newcastle here, but there aren't many. I mean, obviously we can talk about um, Dominic Young, try-scoring machine, um, seven tries in his last four games. Um Mars Hughes scored five tries in his past three games. So we know that if they get to the edges, there's some um, some points there for the Newcastle Knights. But um, my concern is that against the Penrith Panthers side, I, I worry that if you get to the edges, the, the likes of Brian Toto might jam in and absolutely belt you. Um, they're, they're coming up against a different being this week, the, the Newcastle Knights. Um, the, the only people in your tipping comp this week that tip the Knights are the hardcore Newcastle fans that tip with their heart and not their head. Um, yeah, like Magpie Jake. Mac, yeah, Magpie Jake, yeah. He'll be tipping the Knights in this one. Yeah. Um, 
Lucky for him, the Tigers have the bye, and that's one more game he might not have to worry about. So if, uh, look, the Knights bring an upset, good on him, but uh, I can't see it happening. Too much class in the Panthers' side. Um, been really impressed with how they've been going in the past couple of weeks. Every week, I almost have a note here every week to mention Zach Hosking. I think in a player, in a team with so many superstars, uh, you can forget the hard workers. I think he's been phenomenal. Uh, coming in, Panthers for mine, and um, yeah, Zach Hosking continue continues to impress. All right, moving on to Saturday night. Here we go. It seems as though just about every week we've got a, a Queensland derby happening. Uh, we've got the Gold Coast Titans hosting the Brisbane Broncos. Um, yet another big match here, uh, given the geographic significance of uh of the matchup i i know obviously but um also too in addition to that the the brisbane broncos lost their first game of the season last week they'll be looking for a uh a turnaround here um and for the broncos uh tom flegler he's out he failed the hia last week so jensen's going to start in the front row hetherington joins the bench for his first game of the year um He's been out for a while. I think he had a, a bicep injury. Um, and as you'd, imagine, as you'd imagine, no major changes for the Broncos. They've been in good form. Um, uh, and they'd be disappointed they didn't get the chocolates last week, but uh, have had an excellent start to the year. Um, last week, uh, this is this is horrible. Another carpool favourite, um, the Sex Bomb. Now, he, he was really the hero last week. He um, was... He had a phenomenal game, but he's fractured his wrist. So he's not in the team at all. Um, I suppose, it's, uh, yet again, quite timely that Kieran Foran is able to come back from a calf injury. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that halves swap there. Whilst uh, they'd like the, the sex bomb in there, Kieran Foran coming in is going to be um, a positive for them and, and quite timely. Um, geez, I'll tell you what, obviously, you know, if the Titans are going to lift for any game, it's going to be the one against the Broncos. We know that, um, you know, they're, they're just up and down the road from each other. The Broncos, they'll be looking to bounce back. Um, I wasn't expecting their first loss of the season to be against the Raiders last week. And I think that their key, uh, key players are going to be looking for a big one this week against the, uh, the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, I, I, I've been uh, quite keen on on the on the Titans at various stages this year, and, and tipped them in a number of games, um, including uh, last week. Um, there's a lot of talent in the team. Um, Obviously, you, you've got your big names, David Fafita and, and Tino Fasul Malaawi. But um, last week, Phil Sami was, was outstanding uh, in attack. Um, Jaden Campbell was good last week. Uh, and they got the job done in the end, as you said, on, on the back of the sex bomb, who, who just went off... Uh, when it looked like the Dragons had the game, when I think it was Ben Hunt went over, but they didn't convert yeah. the try. 
and uh, it's uh, with not a lot lot of time left on the clock, but uh, Sex Bomb uh, scored the winning try um, with some deception. And I, I didn't realize until today that he, he was injured. I don't know if it was a training injury. There was no mention of injury in the game. Uh, so I can only assume it was a training injury. I've been training with Villiam to kick out. <laughs> he visited the Bulldogs training. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, and, and, and despite the fact that I, I really do think the Titans are, are, you know, have the makings of a, a good side, um, the Broncos have been probably, well, they've been the best team this year. They're on top of the ladder. Five and one. Uh, last week was a real surprise for me. I thought they were, I, I backed them as my joke. I thought they were going to have a big win against the Raiders. But that might be sort of a blessing in disguise um, for them in the sense that, you know, it was a bit of a reality check. Um, I think the Broncos will win this game. Yeah, I like them too. Um, I, I think also too. After last week, they'll they'll come out. They'll they'll um, they'll have a point to prove. I mean, for, for for the the Broncos, really, they've been the team that um, I won't say surprised everyone because we were we had a feeling that the Broncos would do well, but I don't think we thought they'd be you know five and zero, then even five and one. Uh, to, to start the season. They're, they're one of those teams that um, they're, they're looking for a win each week, and I just think they've got a bit more class across the, the park than the um, than the Titans. I really love the addition of Reese Walsh. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. And another another bloke we haven't talked a lot about, but whenever we mention Bron- the Brisbane Broncos and their positive performances, is Ezra Mam. I think he's slotted in really well there uh, in building that combination with Reynolds. Um They've got they've got quality right through to the seventeen, and you even um, see that there with um, you know the likes of Yamati to Powers and who you know we didn't even mention that incident uh, last week. I know we try not to talk too much about the referees, but um, he didn't have to face a charge in the end, so uh, that was good news for Marty. It was to an Powell, accident. But, but... Yeah, collisions happen. It's a contact sport. Yeah. So I, I, um... I actually felt for I, I don't like Jordan Rapiner. Um, I think he's got a lot of stuff in his game that I don't like, but I did feel for him. Um, obviously, it was quite graphic, uh, the injury. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he he, uh, he really copped that knee. Um, no intention at all on the behalf of... Uh, Marty, I think he calls himself Tau. I'm not good with that, but um, formerly known as Marty Tapau, but um, it was Pau on the on the on the head of Rapiner, it, mm. and uh, quite graphic that the blood sort of spurting out just after the knee. Um, so when you see stuff like that, uh, I guess that. They feel as oh gee we we got it's got to be something wrong here. They blew the penalty, but uh, um, yeah, that was it was unfortunate all round. But uh, Titans um, still got defensive problems out wide, and I think they'll be exploited by the Broncos mm. this week. Yeah, it was an interesting one in that Canberra Brisbane game because you know I've expressed on the podcast concerns 
previously in years where we feel as though the, um, when I say they, it could be the bunker, the refs, the NRL, whoever you want to call it. It's almost as though to, to say face a little bit, whenever there's an injury, it's, it's like someone's got to be at fault for it and there has to be a, a consequence. Whereas I'm, I'm happy to accept that rugby league's a rough game and sometimes bad things happen and it's unfortunate, but sometimes people get hurt and it's not always at the fault of someone else. And I know a lot of Brisbane fans are, are arguing that was at a key point because if you go to, it was a three minutes left, Brisbane's a try down and as a result of the collision, um, Rafana drops the ball. If they decide that there was nothing in it and it's a, it's a knock on and Brisbane have a, have a set 20 out to, you know, get back into the game. But yeah, it's all ifs and buts and, yeah. and so on and so yeah. forth. But um, look, Best the Raiders... Best team won that game. That's Never true. Done. Yep, you're exactly right. The Raiders worked hard to win that game. And um, look, I, I think Brisbane will, will win this one on the weekend. Yeah. And whilst Brisbane, uh, we expect to win that one, the next team that... Uh, we're going to talk about other Canberra Raiders. Um, now they they did win on the the weekend, and um, that's uh, despite that they're still in sixteenth spot. Uh, the only team below them are the West Tigers. This week they come up against the Dragons in an intriguing matchup. Um, this one is at home for them, um, and there are some big players coming back. I mean, despite having a win last week, they've got. Jack Whiten coming back from suspension and Joe Tarpany coming back. Um, uh, is it true that, was it last week he missed because um, was it the birth of his first child? Did I get that right? Uh, I don't know why Tarpany missed the game. Yeah, from, um, from what I, I, think I hear, I think him. he's... Yeah, I think it was because um, he's, um, his child was being born. So I, I, I think, um, you know... Right. Congratulations, yeah, Joe that, Yeah, for sure. And I think that's great to show that, um, that Joe Tarpany's, um, you know, putting his family first, which is excellent to see. And um, well done to him. And for the Raiders to have him uh, be able to miss that one and White and miss it and get a win, it's um, it's it's great news for them all around. Um, you've also got Kotrick coming back from a hamstring injury. He's coming in for um, Rapiner, who is out after that injury you just alluded to. Um, Jared Croker, he's kept his spot in the centres. Uh, he played last week his first game in almost a year. Um, and, you know, he talked in the post-game about the challenges of playing in reserve grade and, you know, working with the young players and coming back in. And, you know, it's really good to see uh, a player like Jared Croker um, keep his spot and be in good form and play some first grade because over the years he's been a great clubman for the Raiders um, Zane Musgrove is in for the Dragons. Uh, Francis Molo, if you watched the Dragons game the other day, you would have seen his careless high tackle. Uh, he pleaded guilty, and he'll be missing for three weeks. So Musgrove in for Molo. Um, Tautau Moga gets a start on the wing in place of Ravalawa. That's uh, a big loss, Ravalawa. Yeah. Um, other than that, it looks as though it's pretty much the same team as last week. But you got the um the Raiders here in Canberra coming off a win, um despite some of the challenges they've had early on in the season, a, a lot of positives for them. Tarpany, Whiten, won last week playing in Canberra. Um, I I think that might you know not to 
not to obviously sway your thoughts here, Griffo, but I think a lot of people would uh, would think that that would uh, make the, the Canberra Raiders uh, the favourites in this one. I find this a really difficult game to tip, Graham. Um, I'm not sold on either side. Um, there, there are a number of ins for the Raiders, as you mentioned. Uh, Jack White and Joe Tarpany and, and Nick Kotrick. Um, and they are at home, so I'm going to tip them. Um, I have no faith that they're going to win the game. And likewise, their opposition, are, you know, probably a team that I'm not going to tip too often this year. Um, Ravalawa is, is a, a loss. He does score tries. Uh, Moga, he's been around for a long time, played at a number of clubs. I remember when he first came on the scene, they likened him to, to Mal Meninga. Um, physically it was similar but a poor guy he's just had a huge number of injuries over the years he's played at a number of clubs um, gets an opportunity against the Raiders uh, there's still some, some slick backs there in, in the Dragons with you know, the likes of Lomax Suley, Sloan and Matt Fianney Um Good halves in Amon and, and Ben Hunt's one of the elite players in the NRL, but uh, I, I just find that Dragons hard to tip. Um, there's all sorts of stuff going on behind the scenes. Read the coach and and who's going to be the next coach. That that's not sort of environment that is a winning environment. Um, so. While I, I'm not big on the Raiders, um, that I've got credit to them for last week. That was outstanding to go up to the to, to Suncorp and and bring home two mm. points under adversity. And I, I've I've got to stick with them, and mainly because they're at home. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit with you. It's it's one of these situations where um, it's very difficult to give a reason why either team would win. I feel like I keep getting let down by the Dragons. They that you feel like they they're in a game, they're gonna win the game, then they do something silly, they let the other team in. Um, yeah, I, I just think you know, given the performance last week, the inclusion of some key players, the fact it's in Canberra, that might be enough to get them along the line. I mean, I could try and um, you know pad it out with something else, but I think that's pretty much the. Um, the long and short of it for me this week, so I'm going to go the Raiders. Okay, so moving on to this the very intriguing clash. There's a lot of intriguing clashes. I feel like I've said that a lot this week, but Sunday, 4 o'clock, uh, the Parramatta Eels taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs. This game's going to be at um, Parramatta Stadium. Um, Combank Stadium is the official uh, name for... For it these days, but um, we we mentioned last week the Parramatta Eels coming off that win against the Tigers in that big game on Easter Monday. Um, the Bulldogs also in a big game weren't as uh, weren't as lucky in their game against the Rabbitohs. Um, in regards to the team news, uh, big team news for the Parramatta Eels. Junior Bolo returns from suspension. Um, with Greg reverting back to the bench, Murchie out of the 17. So you look at that Parramatta side, 
on the weekend, um, adding in their co-captain, Junior Polo, is going to be only... It was only going to strengthen them, really. Um, you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Griffo, Villiame Kikau. Now, we know he was missing last week. Um, eight to ten weeks is the early talk. Um, but it's a big recovery, a pec injury. We know in the past there's been some big names with ruptured pecs and having surgery. We know it's a um, it's a big uh, injury to come back from. So uh, they're going to do a bit of a um, reshuffle there. Uh, we've got Tevita Pengai Jr. named to start at prop. This will be his first game of the year. Uh, he had a calf injury. Um, Fatala Mariner also back in. Um, Josh Adokar, we also mentioned earlier on the podcast, he's looking at about eight weeks, they're telling us. So, um, Braden Burns is going to get a crack on the wing. Um, we know that he's, uh, played some first grade in the past. So, um, yeah, it, it, it sort of seems here we've got a team that got belted last week coming up against a team that won last week and the team that got belted have injury concerns and the team that won last week have their captain coming back. Is it that simple that the grand finals from last year uh, are building back to where the Parramatta fans would hope they would be? I think so. Um, They haven't been bad this year. Nearly all of their losses have been narrow. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think they're they're heading north on the ladder. Um, yeah. They they did have quite a tough draw to start the year. Uh, they got a win against the Panthers, and then and they got the second win last on Monday against the Tigers. Um, but they'd played you know teams like the Storm, the Roosters, the Rabbitohs. I mentioned Penrith and. I think the other one was the Sharks. So, um, you know, that was a horrid, <laughs> horrid draw. Like all top eight teams from last year. Yeah. Um, and a number of the three of them, in fact, they played coming off the bye for the other team. So um, they've they've had a tough. Um, they're in, a, I guess, a better section of the draw for them now. And I think we'll start to see them work their way back towards uh, the top eight. And, and I think they'll be too good for a weekend bulldog side. Um. Yeah, they, they do get Panga Junior back for his first game of the year, but listed at eleven. As I look, it was Viliami Kikau. So, but we but we all know that he's out. Yeah, um, nice. as to who the replacement is, they're probably talking about Jackson to Pine. Um, yeah, definitely. They they do have Andrew so. Davy listed uh, on that extended reserves bench, so. Uh, if he's fit, maybe he's uh, he's a possibility because they, they brought him over from, uh, I think he was last at Manly. Um, good player. Yes. Originally with Para um, and now with the Bulldogs. And uh, you know, I think I think Para too strong here with, with the likes of Moses uh, running the show. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I was just going to talk uh, just to just quickly about the Bulldogs. I mean, obviously there's been some, some good signs there. Last week, conceding 50 wasn't wasn't ideal for them. Josh Reynolds in the side. Just your thoughts on on him being back in 
I, I, I get the feeling, you know, obviously we talk about form and that, but I get the feeling when I watch, watch Josh Reynolds play for the Canterbury Bulldogs, he's at the club he wants to play for. I think there's, there's a real connection there. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, I, I've not seen enough of, of, his, of his play this year. Um, but obviously he brings, he brings a lot of enthusiasm um, to the team. And uh, I, I just think they're missing too many players still, yeah. uh, even though they, they get a few back this week with uh, Pangai Jr. and Fatal and Marina. Um, you know, player for player, I just think Para look better on paper. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if the Bulldogs can, can get two points here, then that tells me they really are a serious rugby league team who are putting in. Um, it would be a big two points. Yeah, be oh, a big two points. Yeah, the other player I like mentioning most weeks because I just think um, he's playing really good football coming into the side and he was, a, you know, never never heard of him prior to this year, Jacob Preston. I think he's been really good. That's right. Yeah, had never heard of him. Um, yeah, especially when all the talk about, when you're talking about edge back rowers was going to be Viliame Kikau, but I think he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Um. Uh, before he played his first game, that there was, a, you know, a bit of talk about him being a, a really good player and, and potentially future leader of the club. So, um, yeah, he's he's certainly doing all the right things um, yeah. for this team, and and looks like he's going to be there for for many years to come. Yeah, um, um, the only other bad press. Battle car, big loss, nice. big loss. Massive, yeah. And I know we didn't really touch on it. There was a bit of negative press, obviously, around the Bulldogs, and in particular, Jacob Preston. Um, he spent 10 minutes in the bin for a um, hip drop tackle. Uh, there was a bit of talk coming out of that game. There was a couple of uh, hip drop tackles and that. He escaped suspension for that one. Um, we know Isaac Thompson is injured. He won't be there this week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, they're... You know, didn't get it right. I don't think any of the players intentionally go to do it. But um, I've talked two minutes about a team that I think is going to lose. Uh, I should have mentioned the Eels. Um, just very quickly, they were good last week. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they actually were. Actually, Mitchell Moses, as you mentioned earlier, he was key. His combinations with uh, some of those other key players like Clint Gutherson's, even um, down that right-hand side, um, there was that try the I think it was Cartwright went over four. There were some neat kicks. Um, I think... Well, uh, it was right on point with his kicking game. It oh, was just that short kicking game, phenomenal. So I just think there'll be too much there for, for the Eels. So, um, yeah, Parramatta in this one. All right, there are all the magic tips this week. Um, put it all together in, in your own multi at your own peril, but... Uh, I actually think this is a really, really interesting round of football. Um, there's a lot of stories this week. If it was a, you know, if, if we were writing a, a week-to-week drama, there's so much we could talk about. I mean, we've got the the Thursday night matchup of the uh, the coaches, you know, Master Apprentice. We've got Fitzgibbon and the Sharks coming up against the Roosters there in two teams that have, are looking to, you know, get back towards the top of the ladder after being in the finals last year. 
I mean, mainly in the Storm, we know there's a bit of history there. Everyone likes to talk about some of those clashes from 10 or so years ago. Um, you know, we're going to get another battle out there at Brookvale. We've got, you know, the the Titans and Broncos in the local game. I mean, the Parramatta Eels and the Bulldogs have history Traditional going rivals. Back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's a big rivalry. Yeah. Big rivalry, and they had some big games there, as you said, in the 1980s. And the West Tigers, obviously, everyone will be keen to see how they go against the bye. So, I'm going to back them in. I'm going to back them in. Yeah, back them in. All right. I'll I think out. it's going to take a while till we see the two points. You know, <laughs> I think all, have the, all the other games will have been played, and they'll still be on zero. And, and then someone will remember to, oh, we've got to add two points. You may not, you may not have them as your joker and the thief, but you'll get them in a tight one. No, I think they, I think they'll get the two points. Yeah, I'm actually thinking because I'll probably forget to tell you. And in, in our local tipping comp, listeners, we have uh, the joker and the thief competition, which uh, I know Griffo's talked about previously, where we pick the team we think that's going to win by the most points. I'm, I'm thinking the team this week that uh, might be the safe bet would be the Penrith Panthers. But uh, yeah. I, I, this might be a popular choice. I've, I've been thinking recently I'll go the unpopular choice just to be a point of difference. But um, I think it'll be hard to go past the Panthers given that they've scored almost 100 points in the last two weeks and they're coming up against the Knights. Um, they've hit some form here and they're ready to go. So you can put me down for the Panthers for my margin this week, mate. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you see that one... Has been it's probably the this week. Just looking, yeah. flicking through the uh, the games. I think there's going to be a lot of tight games, and even games that necessarily aren't going to be like even the the Warriors Cowboys. That's a tough game to pick, let alone who you think's going yeah. to uh, have I, the I'm biggest margin. Not, not not entertaining that one. I'm not entertaining the, the Raiders Dragons, um, possibly Broncos Titans, but uh, I do think the Titans going to score points. So hmm. steer away from that one. The obvious one, I guess, is the Panthers over the Knights. Um, Cowboys, Warriors, you can't can't put that one down. I don't know who's winning the game. Uh, possibly I mean, Storm over the... If the Eagles defend like they have been, then that'd be a possibility. But, uh, big score last week. Yeah. Uh, Sharks, Roosters, well, you know, not even sure who's going to win that, but... Uh, the Rabbitohs could do a job on the on the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are a sort of team that you but, don't expect they're going to cop a hide in. You're like, yeah. Is this a is this the type of game for you where you go? There is a possibility that South could win by thirty, but there's also a possibility that South lose. South either lose exactly. or win by heaps. You know? Exactly, that's um, a tough one, isn't it? Anyway. Uh, I've been burnt by the Dolphins previously because they, you know, um, because I've, I've been back in their opposition pretty con- consistently. But um, I've just been waiting yeah. for them. But it's, it's it's great to see. It's great to see the Dolphins have been in form. Oh, absolutely. Um, and even with you know, we talked about. I remember last week we were talking about their the amount of players they had out. I was even yep. concerned, even though Nick. I mean, I even talked about last week. I know. O'Sullivan's been out, but I was even concerned, even though Nick Arima's played a lot of football, I was concerned about their experience of someone who's started in the halves and had that yeah. big game halves experience. And 
They got the job done, so we'll see how they go this week. Um, I'm really looking forward to this week. Um, yeah, good round of footy coming up. Great round of footy. So, uh, and as always, we uh, we want to thank everyone for being on board. It's been uh, wonderful to be able to bring the podcast to you. We look forward to uh, this weekend of football, and we wish you and your team all the best of luck. Thank you, listeners. Uh, we'll be back next week. Definitely. And don't forget, never too late to join the Carpool Rugby League Tipping Comp. Um, Jump on board if you can. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.